0: So, hello everyone and welcome, welcome to this space again and also welcoming some of the coordinators and personal work retreatants that have joined us this evening, part of the less visible network of support here at Gaia House. I'd like to begin this exploration with you um, just by taking a moment or a few to, to acknowledge uh, your practice, <coughs> to acknowledge you being here and uh, continuing to show up yeah. and here is both here physically and here for those who are with us online, being here, showing up to our lives, showing up to our practice, showing up to our experience, and um, I think I can say with some confidence that um, it probably wasn't just easy (laughs) today for any of us maybe had at least a tiny little moment at least <coughs> one tiny little moment when it wasn't easy yeah. maybe more than that and sometimes that makes the acknowledgement yeah even more important yeah so yeah it's not it's not just easy and yet here we are Continuing to bring this intention of interest and of um, kindness to our experience. And the encouragement to continue and continue and continue to do that, yeah. Interest, goodwill, bringing that, to our experience moment by moment, including the listening right now, yeah. including the listening right now, with a body that might be, you know, a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit cold, <laughs> yeah, or tired, yeah. We've really been o- emphasizing, yeah, these qualities today—the noticing, the opening, and the welcoming—as qualities of attention that we bring forth, that we emphasize, that we attend to in how we're paying attention. And maybe we've noticed a little bit that when we do that, uh, that supports. Yeah, some degree of relaxation, some degree of ease, mm. some capacity to allow what is present to be present. Mm. Capacity to allow what is present to be present. I hear myself saying that and i like, does that sound like a weird sentence? <laughs> And yet when we think about our experience so much of the time, we're caught in not allowing. And it can be interesting, you know, we mentioned this push-pull and sometimes we emphasize that we don't allow, that we reject, that we push away um, what can be uh, difficult or challenging or unpleasant. But as we open to our experience, we might also notice that it's also the pleasant (laughs) that we often don't allow, yeah. don't let in, don't let be, don't let unfold, yeah, so, yeah. putting it out there. I just want to check with people that are at the in, the, in the door, like you're really welcome to come in and stand if you wish, don't want to, don't want to put a spotlight on you but <laughs> I do want you to feel welcome. Yeah. Huh? You can also come in and sit, I said stand, yeah, because I thought you we were there standing because that's what you wanted to do, <laughs> you can sit. Yeah. So emphasizing today, noticing, opening, welcoming as an attitude that we can attune to as a practice and the allowing that kind of can open up with that. And as we do that, as we continue to show up to our experience, as we continue to tune in to this possibility, to open to it, um, our mind or our heart mind, heart and mind, they are in the process of settling. And just check with yourself when I'm saying this, (laughs) your heart mind is settling. The, what's the internal response? I wrote that line earlier um, today, and I, I kind of was laughing because I remember my own experience, you know, sitting in talks like this and being told, you know, yeah, it's settling. And sitting there and thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> your mind may be settling, your heart may be settling, but this one isn't. yeah, Not this one. But interestingly enough, in the process of things settling, gathering, calming, collecting, uh, part of what happens there is that we start to see what is going on (laughs) in our minds and hearts most of the time. We start to see, we start to um, see some of the habitual ways that our hearts and minds operate the habitual ways that they operate, some of the grooves yeah, along which they, the, the mind just kind of flows yeah, without intention, without volition. And it's helpful to frame it this way because um, a lot of what we're doing through our practice is to actually become familiar,
1: yeah.
0: to get to know this pretty phenomenal, incredible thing (laughs) called the human body, heart, mind. To get to know it, to become familiar with it, from a different perspective than that which we habitually have. And we're interested to get to know it because that opens up possibilities of response. So understanding, familiarity, yeah. opens up more possibilities of responding to experience when we understand what this is and how it operates. Yeah. Opens up more possibilities of response than the rather limited way that we are conditioned yeah, of Something happens and we react, yeah. A mind state appears and we react. So I want to I wanna touch on and to name uh, some of the habits that we meet in our uh, practice, yeah. Some of the habits of mind and heart that we meet when things are settled enough yeah, and when we turn our gaze yeah, internally, inwardly. And I like to play this game. Some of you have played it with me before. I'm going to name them and I'm going to just ask who's experienced this today? Yeah. So I'll start with my favorites. <coughs> Has anyone experienced tiredness, sluggishness, low energy? Yeah. And kind of... It's partner, the other side of the same spectrum, restlessness, agitation, a mind that's running, feels like a million miles an hour, a body that just can't stay still. Yeah, some of us know that. Has anyone experienced a sense of aversion? Yeah, just not wanting something to be there. (laughs) Yeah. Or... The other side of that coin, yeah, the wishing for something else to be here, or for something to be here. Yeah, anyone know that one? Yeah. yeah. If you're sitting in the front, I should have said it at the beginning, just look around when you're doing that because you're missing the, the part, part of the fun of this game. And has anyone um, experienced a sense of confusion, uh, not knowing what's going on? Uh, feeling doubt in yourself, doubt in the teachings, doubt at Guy House, doubt in the, doubt in the teachers. That's the best one. Yeah. Bring it all here. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, some of us have. So these five. Yeah, I'll, I'll say them again. Yeah. The polarities of of uh, imbalance of calm and energy. Yeah, low energy, not enough energy, or too much energy for the amount of space that we have. The restlessness and the tiredness, the dullness. Yeah. The two sides of the coin desire and aversion. Yeah. Wanting something not to be here, wanting something to be here. Mm -hmm. And the doubt. Yeah. The doubt and the confusion that again can kind of flow in all kinds of directions, and it's helpful to remember yeah, that they've been our uh, present today. For uh, I really wasn't able to take it all in, but I doubt that there's not one there. There wasn't one that was relevant to you today, at least. Yeah, that didn't show up at some point. Well, my teachers used to say <laughs> if, someone, if someone used to come to them in an interview and say that they're not experiencing hindrances, they would just think, You're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, you're not paying attention. Yeah. So these are called in the tradition the, the five hindrances. And it's really helpful to remember these are patterns of the heart and mind, and they're common patterns of the heart and mind yeah. common habits and again to just check with us what happens when we hear this these are common they're human yeah. they're not mine Yeah. they're not who you are and there might be a part of us that still as you can see I've got a doubtful mind <laughs> that still doesn't quite believe it Think, oh yeah, no, but nobody's had a version like I have today. Yeah, that's doubt <laughs> coming in and saying that. Yeah, you can see you can start to be a little bit, at least a little bit, fun <laughs> to to get to know. And so, one of the most liberating remembrances that we can have with with these hindrances, with these guests, with these manifestations of the human mind habit yeah, is to remember that they're not personal yeah, not personal in their essence yeah, not just appearing here and yet they can have such an impact on us yeah, they can have such an impact on our experience if we don't recognize and don't attend to them yeah, so let's give an example because yeah, examples are also kind of fun. Yeah. So it, you may have had in your life an experience of sitting to practice, it may have happened today, and um, really feeling like it's time for the bell to ring now. Yeah. And why has that not happened yet? And we might see in that moment, that scenario, uh, we can see desire and aversion playing their game. Yeah? Because there's desire for the bell to ring, yeah? and there's also the aversion yeah, to what is actually present in experience, whatever that is. Sometimes it's not even that our experience is particularly unpleasant, <laughs> and still there's aversion and desire. Yeah? So we see that playing... Now, The interesting thing is, and if you haven't noticed this yet, notice it next time it happens, <laughs> sometimes the bell rings and in that moment that the bell rings, suddenly everything is okay. Yeah? We may have had body pain, sometimes even that disappears, the restlessness goes. Yeah? We could actually sit longer, there's no problem, we're perfectly content. Yeah? It can be really interesting to to see that, you know, and to kind of wonder, you know, so where was that restlessness and agitation? Where were the aversion and the desire? And also, where was the ease that came when the bell rang? You know, like, we might find ourselves actually checking, you know, is there some magic in this bell that when it's rung suddenly, yeah? Yeah, this ease that just spreads through the whole room. Is that what's happened? So we can wonder. Yeah, what's going on there in the relationship? Yeah, in the relationship to the experience. And what can we learn? What can we take away from that? So, yeah, there's a. Something quite powerful here to bring our attention to, yeah, to get to know the hindrances, to get to know their impact, and to kind of open to the the, the understanding that they reveal,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, which is deeper than just you know how to get through a sitting, <laughs> yeah, or a walking period. Yeah, it's deeper than that. And we're interested to know them and to know their impact so that we can attend, so that we can respond, yeah, and so that we can free our heart-mind from limitation. Tony was saying to us today, I told him I was going to quote him, <laughs> he said, you know, so much of our learning is that, you know, peace, love and understanding, they're not out there, they're not about getting rid of, Yeah say the hindrances, yeah. about how we meet them, yeah. how we meet them and so we can see them in different ways and I just want to offer a few helpful ones, one, one of them is to see them as patterns of reactivity, yeah, as kind of biological beings, yeah, we have patterns of reactivity. Yeah. We think of something we like and we want it. Yeah, it's a pattern of reactivity. You know, it's possible to have a sense of something we like without that. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. We see something we don't like. Yeah, or we feel an unpleasant sensation in the body and we react. Yes, yeah. reactive—the pushing away, reactive. It's not intentional. Yeah. So we, ha- we have patterns of reactivity and also patterns of uh, not enough. Yeah. Something here is not enough yeah. and we really see it in practice. Something here is not enough and then all of this starts going <laughs> yeah, to generate something. Yeah. It's not enough here, so I think of something that I want, yeah, it's not enough here, yeah. So my attention gets drawn to something that's not okay in this moment, yeah. Reaching out for something else, yeah, or the zoning out into sleep and dullness, or the agitation into restlessness, or the kind of falling down the hole of doubt, yeah, and confusion. And it's really interesting, you know, I was reflecting on this, you know, today, I said, yeah, you know, we practice and we take this object like the breath. And if we're honest, you know, a lot of the time that uneventfulness of the breath, the fact that it just flows in and out, that's not enough to keep me interested. Now that's not enough. You know, somewhere there in the background, there's not enough going on here. really interesting it's not enough going on here it's just the thing that's keeping me alive right now (laughs) yeah and just kind of what happens when we just ah notice that and wake up so we can play with how we see things we can play with how we relate to them we can see that that paradigm of things not being enough, yeah, is something we can change, yeah. and we can start to feel how it limits us, how it constrains us, yeah, limits us to these habits of reactivity. And this is true with hindrances, this is true with a lot of our um, thoughts, yeah. They're also around what's not enough, they're also around uh, this movement of reactivity. To get that, to get rid of this, to organize this, so that there's enough. And in practice there's the invitation, there's the possibility to work with all of this, to attend to it to explore different ways of relating to experience that open up the range, that open up possibilities. Yeah. And one really helpful paradigm from the teachings yeah, is this kind of interest to see where is this leading? Yeah? Whatever the pattern is at the moment that's playing itself out, where is this leading, this way of relating, where is it leading? Yeah. Is it wholesome, leading to well-being? Yeah, leading to ease. Is it unwholesome? Is it leading to ill-being? Yeah. For myself and for others. So just noticing when I'm, when I'm propelled by reactivity. Yeah, that constraint, that limitation. Where does that lead in the immediacy, in the short term, and in the long term? Yeah, it's be a really interesting question. We hold it in meta. Yeah, it's not a trick question. <laughs> yeah, and we hold it in meta. We want to know.
1: Yeah,
0: we want to understand. In an open way. Yeah, in an open way. So really helpful to bring the metta in, to bring the interest in as we do this. And this kind of looking at things through this lens is this wholesome, leading to the wholesome, leading to the unwholesome. When we look at that. And the Buddha had this great imagery. <laughs> yeah of like these, you know, like baskets <laughs> that we can divide our thoughts into, that we can divide our um, mind patterns into, the wholesome and the unwholesome. And as we look in this way, it changes the whole paradigm of our experience, yeah? We might think, oh, thoughts are a problem, yeah? We might think hindrances are wrong, we need to get rid of them, Yeah? and then I'll start meditating. Yeah. Once the body's free of pain, once uh, the mind is calm, yeah. then I'll begin, then I'll be able to begin. But it's not the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that the thoughts or the hindrances are you know, completely blocking us, completely getting in our way. So we may be experiencing it in this way, but we can just gently question. You know, when we have this kind of paradigm of of thinking, you know, my practice isn't enough; it's not good enough because, yeah, you know, on this retreat we don't get up early enough. <laughs> remember that when I used to when I started practicing in India, <laughs> and we were getting up at um, I can't remember what it was five or five thirty. And then people would say, on Gwenco retreats, they get up at four. <laughs> Obviously, you know, this is, you know, not good enough. Yeah. So we can fill in the blanks of that, yeah. My practice isn't enough. This retreat isn't enough. I'm not enough because of something, yeah. But actually, we can take that something, yeah whether it's internal or external. You take that something, yeah, that I'm tired, that I'm fidgety, yeah, whatever that is, that the body's uncomfortable and there's aversion to that, you can take that and we can see it as a gateway, see it as an opportunity, yeah. Here's an opportunity for practice, here's an opportunity to come alive, yeah, here's an opportunity to cultivate the wholesome in how I meet this, and how I attend to it and what an opportunity it is (laughs) to change the habits of a lifetime, to change the habits of humanity. What an opportunity that is and right in this moment with what is here. Right in this moment. Yeah. Not just somewhere down the line. <laughs> but here. So to change the habits of a lifetime, to see clearly, to meet skillfully, yeah, and to cultivate that capacity yeah, to meet skillfully. Because anything we wish to cultivate, anything we wish to develop, it happens here, <laughs> yeah. in this moment, with this body, heart, mind, yeah, not somewhere else. And we do it one moment at a time, yeah. one moment at a time. This happens to be this moment, yeah. just one at a time. So what happens when we see hindrances is not personal as I said. And at the same time as an opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity in how we attend. What happens. And we can reflect if we go back to that experience of the bell ringing. <laughs> yeah. That example that I gave. Yeah. There's desire and aversion, right? Uh, desire for the bell to ring, there's the aversion to this moment of experience. There's maybe restlessness yeah, that comes up with that. And what do they arise with? What's there when they are present? And what changes yeah, in a moment when the bell rings yeah. and there's suddenly ease? And I'm kind of making some movements to maybe give us a hint but really inviting us to reflect on our own experience. A few things that we can point to that happen there. One is the space opens up. So when we're really caught up in reactivity, we're caught up in patterns like the hindrances, something that happens is the space of the experience shrinks. I need the bell to ring now. You know that experience? (laughs) When is lunch coming? It's a minute late. Yeah, (coughs) the world shrinks around, the experience shrinks, there's not much space and when that is dispelled, yeah, space opens up, yeah, bigger container, less contraction, there might also be a, a sense of enoughness, yeah, there, it's also interesting, yeah. For most of us the bell rings and if we notice that sense of relief we'll stay with that a little bit and things are okay for that moment. Yeah. Very quickly, this is why we often miss it and if we're not looking for it, something else will arise. <laughs> yeah. Oh I need to get to the toilet before there's a queue, yeah. or the tea making area, doesn't matter what it is, something else will, will arise. Yeah. But if we take time to feel into that moment, enoughness appears. A friend of mine uh, said to me just a few days ago, she's been practicing for a very long time, and she said to me, ah, I think I'm falling in love with the hindrances again. <laughs> we were chatting. Yeah. What a nice thing that is to say, because another thing that can appear, that we can see revealed, yeah? when that uh, way of relating to the hindrances, of pushing them away, when they're getting caught up in the reactivity, is there. When that eases, yeah? metta appears, yeah. love appears, becomes much more available yeah? and is nourished. yeah. That attitude of friendliness, that attitude of care goodwill kindness that we've been uh, speaking of so just to, to just to go over this again because i feel like maybe this is this is maybe the thing to remember <laughs> from this talk yeah. to notice you know what is there when the hindrances are there and with them there's the habitual reactivity yeah. and when they drop yeah whether it's because You know, the magic of the bell happened. (laughs) Yeah, and fairy dust got spread from invisible sprinklers, and suddenly you're easeful. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting carried away. (laughs) Yeah. Whether it's something external, yeah, that made us, made it all drop away, made that. Um, constriction and limitation, contraction, relax, there's something external or it's something that's changed internally in our relationship. What happens there? The space opens up, bigger container, contraction relaxes, We can tune into a sense of okayness with things and metta is nourished, metta is nourished. So reactivity, hindrances, yeah, and helpful thought patterns, these will appear for us in our practice, yeah, they will arise. We were joking today, talking about the hindrances, <laughs> about, you know, in the teachings. You know, it's really clear, they are here, yeah, all the way from wherever we find ourselves right now to whatever these beings behind me, yeah. No, and are yeah, all the way to Buddhahood or stream entry or arhantship yeah, some of the terminology. That's what we are joking about, <laughs> but they're here all the way. So it's worth um, remembering that yeah, remembering the opportunity that they reveal, that they present to us. And cultivating skillful, supportive approaches to attend to them, to work with them. That's what makes them a gateway. That's what makes them an opportunity. So one thing that I find really helpful to remember is, along with the fact that they're not personal, I'll keep saying that, (laughs) not personal, is that they don't just appear in our meditation practice. Yeah? And that's something that we often think, you know, when I meditate, I notice this irritable mind, (laughs) yeah, or whatever it is. They are part of our makeup as human beings and they appear, they arise in our lives. And so um, it's worth learning to get to know them, yeah, and how to skillfully respond to them in meditation, because that will be... Something that will support us across all aspects of our lives. Yeah, They're companions on our path until full awakening. Yeah. And we don't, to, uh, the they <laughs> we don't need to believe the story they tell. They're great storytellers. We don't need to believe the story they tell about who we are, about what our practice is, about what's happening right now. We also don't need to go looking for them, they will appear, yeah. So don't go looking, yeah. So, I think this is an American expression, don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. I love it. (laughs) Don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. Be sensitive, be willing, yeah. But if things are easeful, enjoy, yeah. Appreciate, yeah. And at any time we can turn our attention to what is more easeful. Yeah? We can bring qualities of gratitude, of appreciation in. And I'll say a bit more about that in a moment. Yeah. So not looking for trouble, but being sensitive to when uh, these patterns arise, yeah? what their impact is. Remembering that there's always something we can do. I think Nathan said that last night. Maybe I'm dreaming. I'm saying it now. There's always something we can do. And this is one of the stories that hindrances will tell us very convincingly. You're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck with me. And this is all there is. Yeah. And there's nothing that we can do. There's always something we can do. I'm going to offer some suggestions. You still have energy, kind of. Okay. If the, if the energy is getting low, here's something we can do, right, right now. So you just smiled, some of you. What what does that do to energy? Yeah, oh, we can lighten up. Maybe I'm. I've just done this. Yeah. Put my arms up a little gently. Swiggle the body around a little bit. Yeah. Feel what happens. Yeah always something we can do. So we can work with the bodily fabrication, the way the body constructs the experience, builds the experience. Yeah. So if there's, um, just give some example, yeah. if there's a lot of tiredness, maybe we notice we're a little bit slumped, what happens if we realign? Yeah. Or we gently bring an arm up, yeah I spent a lot of time practicing like this. <laughs> yeah. What happens? Or well, we stand. Yeah. So it can be very very delicate. Yeah. Or we breathe a different way. Yeah. That's that impacts our experience. Yeah. There's always something we can do and sometimes it's very very subtle. Yeah. But it has an impact. We breathe more fully. Yeah. Or we breathe in a way that opens up the space if there's a lot of restlessness. Yeah. Or we breathe in a way that energizes if there's tiredness. Yeah. Imagining the breath coming from the bottom and going up the body. Yeah, maybe out the head. So we can attend um, to experience and particularly learn this territory with the hindrances through how we work with the body, yeah, the posture, um, the breath. Opening the space of awareness. A few people mentioned today, you know, feeling tiredness and then opening awareness big, wide, and how that impacts. So we can do that both with restlessness and with tiredness. We can notice, I mentioned before, restlessness and tiredness are actually um, kind of really related to each other. They're both... Um, an imbalance of calm and energy. When we're restless, there's too much energy for the amount of space. When we're we're, um, tired, there's too little energy in the system. But that's not a a fixed thing. It's not a fixed thing. Again, you may have noticed it in practice. Sometimes sometimes we're really genuinely tired and need some sleep. But sometimes (laughs) I will be sitting here saying yes to life over and over (laughs) again, yeah. And then again the bell rings or it's the end of the day and I'm just, yeah, feeling really well. Bed? Nah. You know. So what's going on there? So balancing the energy and calm because these are not fixed things, yeah. So we can balance them through the, again, the uh, sense of space that we have, the body posture, the breath. Yeah. If we need more calm, more emphasis on the out-breath. If we need more energy, more emphasis on the in-breath. Yeah. We can imagine the breath coming in and out of different parts of the body in a way that calms, soothes or energizes. Yeah. We have that possibility. It's allowed to do. It's allowed to do. So we can play with the breath, with the posture, yeah, to attend, to experience. We can also uh, cultivate antidotes, yeah, or skillful responses. If we find ourselves, um, you know, really desiring something and retreat, we often think of food, (laughs) really ready for lunch right now. And I wonder if it'll be that thing I really liked last time I was at Guy House. Yeah, so we can kind of feel that, yeah, that desire, and then we can reflect on, um, you know, something that supports us to feel content in this moment, or gratitude, I'm being cooked for, I will be fed, yeah. So we can reflect on these kind of antidotes, aversion, yeah. Well, this retreat cultivating the antidote to aversion. Which is meta. Yeah, goodwill, friendliness, all the things we were doing today, the noticing, the opening to, yeah, the allowing. Yeah, they counter that. And I love this example of, um, you know, reflecting on your own experience. Do you think you could feel aversion and be completely relaxed in the body at the same time? Try it. <laughs> really interesting insight there. Yeah? Yeah? Feeling aversion, what happens if we relax the body? Yeah. Very interesting to see. It comes together with a tightness and a contraction. What happens if we relax that? So we cultivate spaciousness, we cultivate goodwill, kindness, friendliness as an antidote to that doubt, yeah, the best of the bunch, (laughs) yeah, it comes with a sense of confusion, agitation, yeah, I haven't said it um, yet, but these hindrances usually come together, (laughs) yeah, not just one, yeah, but packs, yeah, it's all kinds of language that's been developed, yeah, Hindrance hindrance attacks, yeah, packs of hindrances, yeah. They come together and we don't always need to be really specific. But you know if doubt is there, there's probably aversion there. Yeah. There's probably some degree of restlessness there. Yeah. Agitation. And an antidote to doubt is faith, confidence. Yeah. And so we can uh, take time To think, okay, what do I put my faith in, my trust in? Maybe my intention. That's a real support. Yeah, maybe my intention. Maybe my potential. Yeah. Something I can trust in. We can also kind of... Turn to doubt and say, yes, but not now. <laughs> because it comes with urgency. Yeah. Figure this out now. Yeah. And yeah, maybe often it can come with really good questions yeah, that are important. It's like, okay, I'll write you down and I'll think about you after the retreat. Yeah. Make a time. And we'll put up some suggestions with this because I could talk till tomorrow and I'm sure you don't want that,
1: yeah,
0: about ways of working with these. So i put some suggestions um, up on the board tomorrow. But remember always something we can do and go to the body, go to the breath and the posture first. Yeah. They're the easiest to work with for us really helpful to remember yeah that hindrances and thoughts color our perception yeah they color our perception they convince us that this is what is going on yeah I've um, got aversion to something and it's like the bell isn't ringing and for sure this teacher is meant to be in front There has lost track of time I always like to tell this story that one time someone actually walked up to me at the front of the hall and checked that I hadn't fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't. I swear. Yeah. But yeah. So they, you know, they, they colour our perception. I think surely, you know, 45 minutes have passed. It's been an hour and a half at least. Yeah. And we know that color the perception and then ways of looking yeah they create they shape what we experience really helpful to remember that and so it can be helpful if we have a tendency towards one of them or if we've had a tough day with one of them or a tough hour whatever it is just to reflect ah it was present here and it wasn't present there yeah because for sure there were moments when it wasn't there,
1: yeah.
0: So we can reflect on the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, the intensity and the release, yeah. Because what, one thing that they do is they will color um, past and future and connect all the dots in between. I've had a terrible day, I've been in agony, yeah, the whole day. Yeah, well we know, we think that, don't we? and we believe it, and then we reflect back. Mm-hmm. Another example I like to give, I was working with someone on a, on a personal retreat, and she developed this really beautiful practice. Every time before we met, she would check in with her perception of the days from our previous me- meeting, yeah, and often the perception was, I've just had a really difficult time uh, for these four days. And then she would go over, yeah, in her memory, yeah, or in her notes, because she was keeping a journal. Yeah, it was a long retreat, of of just what had happened, and she would see how this was not true. Yeah, that there were many moments, there were many insights. Yeah, there was so much that was beautiful, valuable, noble. Yeah. It was a beautiful practice to see how the mind is telling me this story. Yeah, the habit of aversion or of doubt is colouring the whole experience and I'm connecting the dots and believing it, but I don't need to. Yeah, So we can just, you know, when we're caught up in something, just to reflect. What was this, what was my experience like this morning? What was it like an hour ago? What was it like when the bell rang in the previous sitting? Yeah, keep going with that silly example. You, you seem like a very forgiving lot, so you'll forgive me. Yeah, really helpful. So hindrances and thought patterns, yeah? They're ways of looking. And metta is also a way of looking. Yeah. Also something that can shape our perception yeah, and shape our experience in a particular way. Something that we can lean into intentionally and cultivate lean into intentionally and cultivate and hearing from you today you know how you're already doing that and sometimes we do it and we're not noticing that we're doing it yeah we think oh, i can't deal with metta practice right now yeah so i'm i'm gonna be with the breath because that's more appropriate that's meta. <laughs> you know that's meta. just there the appropriate response the kind response right there it's yeah. so recognizing it and checking for ourselves, what happens when I bring this way of looking to meet my experience? yeah something's challenging right now, yeah something's challenging right now. What happens when I look at myself, when I look at it with goodwill, with kindness yeah. that opens up. possibilities we can lean into this way of looking we can cultivate it. So in the teachings you know the myth um, is that the Buddha offered the practice of metta as an antidote to fear. I don't have time to go into the myths I'll resist. He offered it or they offered it The Buddha offered this practice as an antidote to fear and we can expand it to all forms of negativity and reactivity, all forms uh, of limitation that we experience, all the ways that not enoughness shows up. Yeah, Seeing, okay, how can I see this? How can I attend to this? With friendliness, not my enemy. How can I see this with friendliness? And that opens up the possibility to respond. Yeah, whether we're meeting fear, we're meeting um, aversion, we're meeting restlessness. Yeah. Instead of just trying to fight it yeah, and get rid of it, attending. And in order to attend, we need to take that moment or moments to allow. Yeah. And to meet with metta. To meet with kindness. So that's what we're doing here over and over again. When we bring in this emphasis to meet our experience with interest, to meet our experience with kindness, that's what we're doing. Doing that so that. We can skillfully respond and attend. I've been reflecting recently a lot on how our habit is to meet our experience through willpower and willpower alone. And that comes into our practice. Yeah? Get through this. Yeah? Battle it out. It's not the only way. It's not the only component. Yeah? We need qualities like determination yeah? and dedication. They're helpful, but that's not the same as just willpower. Yeah? Just willpower. So, bringing in interest, bringing in uh, friendliness, goodwill to meet this moment of experience with interest to get to know it. Yeah with interest to become sensitive to the possibilities uh, of response available for us. That's what we're doing. And it happens right here. Right here in this moment, in this body, heart, mind. But its impact is limitless. And that also is important to remember impact is limitless maybe just a little bit of relief in the moment there may be a lot of relief in the moment yeah but over time drop by drop drop by drop change and transformation happen and the impact spreads our own experience and out into the world. So let's have a, a moment of silence together to bring this to a close. May our practice together nourish the well-being of all beings in all directions. Thank you for your listening, for your presence and for your practice. and we have some time for walking practice or practice in movement now i personally recommend putting on some warm layers and going out to the magic of the night the owls await you but equally if it feels more appropriate to stay indoors feel free to do that and we will be back at 8.45 for our our last sitting of the day together.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit DharmaSeed.com